You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry. The con is over, Shay. We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. If you've been keeping up on the news, and if you're uh, familiar with the discussion over transgender rights, which is a, a huge topic in the media today with the decision Trump made a while back about uh, transgenders in the military and so forth, then we have athletes who are transgender who are joining sports teams uh, of the sex that is opposite to their birth. So you have men who are transgender joining women's sports teams. It's kind of throwing things off. A lot of people don't know how to deal with this. And uh, depending on your perspective, you have different views on how this should be dealt with. Um, recently, uh, back in July, Canada, it looks like, became the first uh, country to give out an official genderless ID card. This is an article from BuzzFeed News. It says here, in what could be the first such case in the world, Canadian officials have issued a baby named Cyril, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, Cyril Alti, a health card without a gender marker. The parent, Corey Doty, a non-binary transgender person who identifies as neither male nor female, gave birth to Cyril in November and has been battling to keep the eight-month-old's gender off all British Columbia government records ever since. The health card has a U, in the space for sex, which could stand for unassigned or undetermined. However, officials refuse to issue a birth certificate without a gender. And so what's happening now in Canada here is that you have people saying, hey, this doesn't make any sense. We shouldn't be doing this. On the other hand, uh, the parent here, uh, Corey Doty, is saying that, that the baby needs to be able to identify their sex when they get older. So Again, this is a subject that I brought up on the radio frequently because it's such a hot issue in our culture today, and that is, does a, pat, uh, does a person's definition of themselves matter more, or does uh, the reality of what they are matter more? So uh, C.S. Lewis called this perspectivism. He, he thought it was very dangerous that a person defines reality, how they define reality is more important than what reality actually is. And, and so the, in our culture today, we have this movement that's essentially saying there is no such thing as truth. There is no reality except the reality you make. And you might think to yourself, well, how can, how can a person say that? That's absolutely crazy. But what they're saying is this, is that our minds are what is ultimately determines reality. So you might see a table in front of you, but they say without your mind to interpret what your senses are experiencing, there, is, there would be no table. So they're saying that the mind is more important than actually what, what you're touching or feeling. It's what the mind perceives is what trumps whatever you're experiencing. And so, so if you believe this, what it means is, is that how you perceive reality is more important than what reality actually is. 
And is this a good thing or a bad thing? Now, of course, uh, people that are supportive of this uh, viewpoint, uh, perspectivism, uh, basically say a person should be able to define reality for themselves. They are the end-all and be-all of their existence. And therefore, who am I to impose my view of reality on them? And generally speaking, if you hold this perspective, it's because you don't believe in God. Now, or you, you think God is questionable. The existence of God is questionable. I'm sure there are people who believe in God who still feel this way. But, but does God define reality or do we define reality? Am I in authority over, over existence or is God in authority over existence? Did God make uh, male and female or do I define uh, what variety of sexes there are? These are important questions and they really affect uh, how we live uh, how we treat others, and ultimately uh, also how what laws are going to be established in our country and around the world. And it's a huge culture war that's happening uh, right now. I have a guest today who is familiar with these uh, issues and this discussion. Her name is Corey Peterson. She's with Concerned Women for America, which is the nation's largest public policy women's organization. It's been around for about 35 years and they help people all across the country bring biblical principles into all levels of pub- public policy. That's the goal. They have about 500,000 members, and they focus on seven core issues. The family, the sanctity of human life, religious liberty, education, sexual exploitation, national sovereignty, and support for Israel. And naturally, all these uh, seven issues are grounded in the scriptures, in the Bible. So, Corey, thank you so much for being here on the radio today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, you were the director of um, CWA in Southern California. Is that right? Correct, until the end of January. Okay, and so now you're, you're heading off to Texas. Why the move from California to Texas? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been praying about a move to Texas for a few years, and I have to say it was politics that was kind of the catalyst. I was following, being, being the area director in Southern California of uh, Concerned Women for America, I was following legislation pretty closely and getting pretty darn discouraged yeah. at, um, at how many battles we were losing. And so I just started praying about the move. In the meantime, I was still fighting, um, you know, for our, our freedoms here in California. And then, anyway, the Lord just kind of opened the doors for us to go. And so we just started walking through them. And so we have relocated. Well, I, I would follow you, except that um, the weather's really nice here in San Diego. And so it's hard to leave. But uh, they don't come. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? They don't call it. They don't call it America's finest city for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, um, so your experience with this now, now uh, going back, I wanted to kind of the, our listeners to be able to have the opportunity to hear how you got involved with Concerned Women for America because it's not something that you originally your intention was. Hey, I want to get involved politically. I want to become a a uh, political junkie and really, uh, you know, be up on all the political issues. And uh, maybe you can take us all the way back to. Um, how this all started, uh, and share your testimony. Uh, for those of you who are listening, um, Corey has uh, suffered from abortion, as well as, uh, I'll give you a, a heads up on what we're going to be talking about. She, which which would hint from the article, but her father is transgender. And so uh, she has a story to share that uh, many people don't get to hear, don't get to hear this kind of perspective. And so I think it's very valuable for our listeners to hear where she's coming from as somebody who loves the Lord and has been impacted by these issues. So we, we have about three minutes left in this segment. So we'll start it off 
uh, start your testimony off, Corey, but we'll have to pick up on the next segment to finish that off. So uh, why don't you take us all the way back to where you grew up and uh, what your family was like? Okay. Um, all right. So I grew up in um, El Cajon there in San Diego and um, lived with my mom. My mom was a single mom in and out of marriages and stuff. And then my grand, my, my parents divorced when, when I was five. Okay. And so, um, so at the time we lived in North Carolina, my mom moved my sister and I back out here to California. And then, um, you know, we just kind of grew up in the area. So all my childhood and really until, like I said, just earlier this year, my whole life really has been in Southern California. Um, my family was not necessarily a Christian family, although if you ask them if they were, they would say yes, that they were kind of Christmas and Easter only types. And, sure. um, yeah, just, you know, if you're an American, then you must be a Christian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of perspective, really. Um, but I always had a heart for the Lord. I just never realized that you could really go, go deeper. And so when I was in, when I was in junior high, um, I started attending a youth group in El Cajon, and um, that's when I first heard the gospel message and um, and just really got the salvation mes- message that I needed to accept Jesus in my heart and, and live um, live for Him as Lord of my life. And so for me, it was an easy decision. I thought I was already doing that. Now, how did, you, so how, how did you end up finding out about this youth group and, and ended up going to the church? Well, that's a good question. Um I, I I think it just opened up down the street from where I grew up. I was on in El Cajon, Chase and Mollison. Yeah, I know, and, I know exactly where that is. Okay, yeah, and there was a, a young lady that started a youth group. Uh, so it was just maybe a block down the street. And I grabbed a, a girlfriend of mine who was a neighbor, and we started going. We were both saved, and we started working at, um, at a camp there in Hamul called Indian Hills Camp, if oh, you're familiar with that one. Oh my goodness, wait, wait. You know, I lived for two years on Mollison when I first moved to California from New Jersey. That's so, uh, oh, that's that kidding. is ironic. And and I know all about Indian Hills Camp. I've been there many, many times. So uh, that's funny. But uh, anyway, go on. I don't want to cut you off. Actually, I, I am going to cut you off because we're coming up on a break here. So, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, my guest is Corey Peterson. She's with CWA. She's a homeschool mom and very involved in these issues. She uh, has quite a life story, and um, you can get hope from what she's been through and how she's come out on the other side of these issues and is continuing to seek the Lord and uh, honor Him with her life through the struggle she's been through. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. 
How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fastlane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastlaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. If you want to pick up a copy of this, uh, this radio program, you can. I also just recently interviewed Denise Schick who has an amazing testimony. Her father told her he was transgender at nine years old, and she talks all about the the process she's been through with that. It's amazing. My guest today is Corey Peterson. She's with uh, Concerned Women for for America uh, in Texas now. She's gone from California to Texas, and uh, the website is ca.cwfa.org. If you'd like to get involved, they're an amazing organization, actually started by Beverly LaHaye, who um, lived out here in Southern California with Tim LaHaye. They are, Tim LaHaye was the author of Left Behind, so all these kind of uh, uh, ties together here. But uh, my, uh, So, Corey, you, you were telling us that you were growing up in, in uh, El Cajon, California. You went to a church there. You, you ended up getting invited. Somebody started a youth group, and you ended up um, turning your life over to Christ. Uh, so, so pick up from there. What happened next? Sure. So then I, I went to high school, Elkham Valley High School, was very involved in uh, the youth group at another church down there on Mollison. And, um, and then I also got very involved in Youth for Christ campus life while I was in high school. And oh. so um, my leader was Darren Higgins. Um, so oh, oh, my gosh. Really Are you, what? He, yeah. he teaches Bible he with was, me at Christian High School. <laughs> that oh is God, too funny. So <laughs> I'm going to have to tell him about this. That, that is too funny. I didn't know any of this before we had we, we started this show. Uh, this, is, this, this is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, me and Darren are really good friends, and uh, we talk all the time. He, he gives me a hard time all the time. Darren, if you're listening. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's great. Okay, keep going. Uh, well, Darren was really influential in my life in high school, and I think probably kept me on a straight path. I really wasn't too interested in um, in veering off into the party scene or anything like that, but um, just stayed real involved in campus life and worked very closely with Darren and used to babysit his daughter and, and back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, after high school, I feel like I just kind of dropped off. You know, I didn't transition well from high school to college and, and not really, um, not just high school to college. I mean, spiritually, I didn't transition well. You know, going from youth group and this kind of focus on, um, on youth activities and then, and then transitioning into, you know, what it's like to be an adult Christian. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, and there's kind of a gap there. Yeah, it's difficult because you ha- a lot of times you have a community in high school, and then when you move off to college, that community is kind of missing, and so it's harder to, uh, 
would you say it's harder to maintain your Christianity without that kind of uh, body of Christ around you? I would think so, because your whole culture is kind of changing, you know, mm-hmm. the circle is changing. Of course, you know, I was so immersed in, in Youth for Christ and the youth group, like that was kind of my social sphere. So when that just was, was ended, because I graduated from high school, I didn't really, I was kind of floundering, yeah. didn't really know where to go. Mm. And so, um, so anyway, you know, I go to church on Sundays, but, but shortly after that, I got involved with a guy um in town and we had been friends for a couple of years and stuff. And I never thought anything would happen, but uh, long story short, I ended up having an abortion hmm. and um, it totally was absolutely devastating to me. Not to want to talk, talk more about that later, yeah. but that just put me on my face before the Lord, where I really just was so broken, so contrite. Now, how, now so, how old were you when that happened? It was, just before my twentieth birthday. Oh, that that has to be absolutely devastating. And what? And did you have people that were supporting you after you went through that, or was that? Were you kind of? Um, did, were you on your own? Uh, uh, I mean, because that's not something that you want to tell people, especially at that age. Right. Uh, so, right. So, so what and happened es- there? And especially with the reputation I had as being this good girl involved mm. in all these Christian clubs and yeah. high school and, and stuff. So. Yeah, no, the only person that knew was my boyfriend. And um, and so, and then I, I had told one other friend that I was going to school with over at Grossmark College. Well, um, so only two people was, knew. Yeah, only two people knew. It was so, it was such a hard, yeah. hard and difficult, shameful yeah. time in my life. Now, I, so, I, um, I kind of want to just ahead. pause here because I, f- I feel like it's important to let um, people know how to respond to this. So looking mm-hmm. back on your life and what you had gone through at that point, let's say there's a girl out there right now who's, who's mm-hmm. maybe going through something similar. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to her and what would you say to maybe people involved about how, what should be done and, and how should they be responding and what should be going on in their heart? Because I, I'm, that's such an intense pain uh, I want somebody to have hope now if they're listening and this is what they're going through. What what would you say to them? I would say find a pregnancy resource center, something like uh, the Pregnancy Care Center in El Cajon or Silent Voices down in Chula Vista or Ramona Pregnancy Center up in Ramona or um, is it Life Choices, I think, in Poway. They're all over the city. I would I would tell any of these women, do not do not head to Planned Parenthood. Head to one of these resource centers because they want to love you, they want to love your baby, and they want to help you. And a a lot of the narrative is that, oh, pro-lifers, they only want to save the baby, they don't care about the mother. Mm. I said all the time. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you would hear, in Imperial Valley, there's there's a group called Real Hope Center, and they will even help get these these girls through school. There's no there's no limit to what they will do wow. for these girls. And so, um, so I would just say, I think if I had known that, um, you know, I I think I would have gone that direction. But in my, the only thing I knew, my default was Planned Parenthood, just because Planned Parenthood was in the schools. My boyfriend knew about Planned Parenthood, and um, that's all I knew. Mm. And you know, they're in the business industry, so. So anyway, I think I think that that's really if there's if there's someone out there, um, yeah, finding pregnancy resource centers because they are just there to serve, and they are vo- mostly they are volunteering their time. They are doing everything they can, yeah, to help these the girls and their babies. And if it's a boy, if it's a boy who who's listening to this right now, and he's the one that um, 
you know, got the girl pregnant, uh, what would you say to him? Oh, I'd, uh, gosh, I would just say to be so compassionate. It's such a, um, it's such a terrifying thing to go through a crisis pregnancy, especially when you can't tell anybody. Mm. And so, um, and, and to know that, cause I think we, we look at abortion like it's an easy answer. Oh, nobody will know. We'll go on with our lives. Yeah. And, you know, that's what's being told to us. But, I mean, we can see when you look at women who have been grieved over their abortions. And, and men, too. And I even met a grandpa recently who was so grieved over an abortion mm. in his family. Um, you know, these, these are not things that we just get over and move on from. They're things that we carry with us our whole lives. And if we don't heal from them, they do affect our decisions for the rest of life. So I would just encourage them to... Um, to not think that it's just a quick problem that will go away. There's a problem now with the crisis pregnancy. Don't compound it by adding abortion to it because yeah. that is taking the life of a, of a child, and then you're going to have to bear that forever. Yeah, and that, and that. so I just want to encourage, if you're listening out there right now and you know somebody who's struggling with this or considering abortion, a lot of people think abortion, like, like uh, Corey said, is going to just solve the problem but it actually makes the problem worse. And that's what, yes. that's what Planned Parenthood doesn't tell people is that this is not a memory that just disappears. And uh, I think I just want to emphasize what you said, Corey, again, is that the people at these pregnancy centers, they are there for you. They want to help you. They want to love you. They're going to wrap their arms around you. Nobody's going to condemn you or judge you or, uh, you know, or, or ruin your life. Um, they're there to help you through this. And, uh, there's no place you're going to get more compassion and kindness and help, financial help, spiritual help, emotional help, everything you need, they're going to do it. I have a good friend that works at a pregnancy uh, care clinic here in San Diego uh, through college area pregnancy services, and um, mm. what they do is just fantastic. So, uh, again, I just want to encourage you to do that, uh, and I think that's so powerful. Um, we're coming up on another break here. The, the segments by go, go by so quick here, but um, my guest today is Corey Peterson, and she's with Concerned Women for America. If you if you don't know about this organization, uh, please uh, get involved with them. You can visit their website, uh, cwfa.org, or here in California, ca.cwfa.org, and they've got over five hundred thousand members that are working very hard, working together as a as a team um, to make a difference in public policy decisions. And so this is our opportunity to uh, have, a, have an impact beyond what we can do alone and to join up. And uh, they send out alerts about things that are happening so that you can be involved and you can make um, phone calls, you can, get, you can uh, donate, you can do all kinds of stuff so that you can uh, have an impact on our culture for Christ. Okay, we're going to be right back. We've got a, a few more segments, and uh, we're going to hear the rest of Corey's story, including uh, her transgender father and how uh, she has responded to that issue. We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate2efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate2efl.org. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's join.educateforlife.org. And you can pick up a full homeschool Bible curriculum on my website. It's a two-year curriculum. It's 10 classes per semester for four semesters. And it answers all the hard questions people ask about God and the Bible. How do I know that Christianity is the truth and these other religions are wrong? How do I know that the Bible hasn't been changed in 2,000 years? How do I know creation is true and evolution is false? How do I deal with somebody who's embracing the homosexual lifestyle? How do I, how do I love them but at the same time tell them the truth? All the hard issues that you have to deal with, um, we go through in this course. It's online. It's in high definition. Uh, it's video classes. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you need. Please check it out, join.educateforlife.org. My guest today is Corey Peterson with Concerned Women for America. And uh, the last segment we, we, um, we ended, uh, Corey had recently um, gotten an abortion. Uh, she was a, a good girl, good Christian girl who uh, loved God but uh, got involved with a boyfriend. And uh, this happens more often than, than people know. And... Um, it's not always the bad people that are that are making mistakes, right? And and we're all bad to a certain mm-hmm. extent. We all need Christ. So, um, Corey, can you pick up what happened after that, and and um, where did you get help uh, ultimately after um, the abortion? Yeah, I was just on my face, so broken after my abortion, and um, I went to call the one girlfriend. <laughs> that I had during the time that knew and that my boyfriend had broken up with me by this time. This was only maybe two weeks later. And I went to call her and just cry my eyeballs out to her and mm-hmm. she wasn't home. Her mother answered. And as soon as she answered, she could tell obviously there was something wrong because she asked me what was going on. And her mother happened to be a pastor's wife. And so uh, happened, anyway, happened to be story, right. Ha- happened to be. Right, right. <laughs> there are no coincidences. Yeah, exactly. So long story short, she, I, I bared my soul good, bad, and ugly to her on the phone, and, um, and she said, 
oh, whoa. And then she said, let me pray for you. And mm. so she prayed for me on the phone, and I can't even tell what she said. So she didn't, she didn't uh, judge you or condemn you or, you know, tell you to, no. yeah, she just loved you. <laughs> oh my gosh, she loved me. And then she prayed for me and all the guilt and, and, uh, you know, I, I wanted, I wasn't really suicidal, but I didn't want to live, you know, all, yeah. everything I was bearing, the heaviness, I was bearing ashes, praying. I just felt like light as feather. Wow. And um, all I can say is that piece that surpasses all understanding. The Lord just took it. Mm. And um, and then I asked her, I said, what should I do? And she said, you, do you have a Bible? And I said, yes. She said, will you start reading the Psalms? So I started reading the Psalms, and a couple days later, and I was, like, not just reading. I was digging in. I was cross-referencing. I was mm. studying the Word for the first time, really, ever in my life. And then I called her a couple days later, and I said, now what? And she said, oh, okay, well, why don't you read the Proverbs? And I called her the next day, and she said, I said, no, it. And she goes, um, why don't you read through uh, John? And I was like, okay. and then I go, said, she said, why don't you come over to my house and we'll start doing a Bible study? Oh, that's fantastic. And so I so you were hungry. You were, hu- you were hungry for um, God's word. Just ravenous, yes. <laughs> and it was just coming alive to me. I mean, reading through the Psalms, and I was thinking, this is written for me. Yeah. You know, that, that Psalm 30, 11, you turn my mourning into dancing. You remove my sackcloth clothing and joy that my heart was singing to you and not be silent. Mm. Oh, Lord, my God, I'll give you thanks forever. And then all, you know, I, all night long, I, I drench my bed in tears. Mm. Will you hear me, Lord? All of these things. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is just me. Wow. Well, um, That's what I, I love so- about the scriptures, you know, is that um, uh, this is not some fantasy. This is real people living real life, interacting with a real God, you know? And so healing, you know. Well, I still was bearing a lot of the grief and guilt of the abortion, and so I was still spending a lot of time in tears and, and stuff. And I showed up at her house one night, and I was just wanting somebody to cry to. But the poor woman did have a wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, said, she said, oh, I'm so sorry, Corey, I can't have you right now because I have some house guests. But there's somebody here from a group called Silent Voices. It's a group down to a Vista Pro-Life Center down there. And they do a post-abortion recovery weekend. Yeah. And so she signed me up for it, and it's um, it's done by Sharon Pierce, if you know who she is. She's the director down to La Vista. Mm. She has written an amazing curriculum that uh, several centers actually use now. And so I signed up for it. So um, so it was four months after my abortion. I was at this recovery weekend, and the Lord was just healing my heart. And um, and so it was really. I mean, there there will always be grief over it. Yeah. But there's there was really so much more healing that came that weekend and I started to walk free. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So little did you know that you had other, uh, other stuff that was going to be coming up as far as, uh, your father. Uh, how right. long, h- how long was it before, um, you, you found out that your father, um, had begun cross-dressing? Okay, so I mentioned earlier that um, my parents divorced when I was five, mm-hmm. and so when I was about 28, uh, just before I, my husband and I were about to get married, a couple months before, I found out that my dad was cross-dressing, and, um, you know, we had a pretty distant relationship, although we did keep in contact, yeah. but I found that he was cross-dressing, so I went through a wide range of emotions, really within probably like, I feel like it was 15 seconds, you know, yeah. from um, from embarrassment to anger to um to, uh, I mean, I was even laughing over it, to, in the end, I just was so grieved and, yeah. and felt so sad, so sad for my dad. And I just, and then, I mean, I, I remember leaving when I found out about my dad cross-dressing that my mother had found out and showed it to me. Now, um, now was, this, time, was he living here in San Diego? 
Um, I don't think he was at the time. He's always lived kind of a um, a roaming lifestyle. Now it all makes sense. He was a truck driver. Well, yeah. He was in the military for a long time, and then he was a truck driver for many years. And then when he retired, he would RV and kind of travel about. You know, now it all makes sense. But I wanted to say, you know, by the end of the time when I found out my dad was crossing. I just really wanted to love him. Yeah. And, and how did so, you um, how did you find that out? How did you find out that he was did he tell you? No, he didn't tell me. Apparently, he's been in and out of many marriages too. So an ex-wife had contacted my mother and and then I found okay, out. Okay. Through that. Yeah. So you just wanted your yeah. reaction was you wanted to love him. In the end, I mean, I went through so much and it, like I said literally in 30 seconds. I I, I went through so many emotions but in the end um i just really in fact so much wanted to love him as, as my husband and my fiance at the time we were driving back to los angeles for where i was living in orange county he was living in la at the time um we were driving back up so we had a long drive to kind of discuss it and um there was a song that was playing on the radio by third day and um and i told told jamie my husband i said i want this song in our wedding and i want it there for my dad you know just that he knows the love of god and so that's just really my heart for my dad after that. But it was something we never talked about. I never mentioned it to my dad. Um, mm. uh, it's such a long story, and I know we don't have my, very much time. But, um, you know, my, eventually, um, my, my sister found out, of course, around the same time. Now, how, is, your sister older or, is your sister older or younger? She's three years younger, and she lives on the East Coast. Okay. And so, yeah, so does she, was she close at all to your father? No, no, not at all. And after this, you know, she kind of asked him and said, hey, look, you know, we're about to have children. We don't really want this in our life. Mm. Are you going to, do you want to dress like a woman or do you want to be a grandpa? And he, in not very nice words, told her to take a hike. And um, and then a, like a letter came out later that we saw that he said, um, you know, if Corey feels the same way, well, I won't use the words, but. Yeah. Came to her too, basically, and and that was really heartbreaking to us because, of course, we were um, we were wanting to love him and accept not accept what he was doing, but we wanted to love him. We had no idea what it would look like, of course, in all of this. But yeah, now um, somebody might say, some yeah, somebody might say, well, what does that look like? You know, uh, what mm-hmm. if if I have a transgender um, coworker or I have somebody um, in my family that's transgender, and these are tough uh, decisions that come up. And uh, how do I respond? When we come back, my guest today is Corey Peterson, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about how she's navigated these waters. Um, How do you respond to somebody that's a relative, especially a father, who's chosen uh, to engage in this lifestyle and to make these decisions? We're going to be right back, and uh, please stay with us. We've got two segments left. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Please check out my YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash educate for life video. We've got uh, somewhere around 70 or so, 70 or 80 different radio programs up there, all that have to do with all kinds of amazing issues and amazing people. Uh, I've got uh, up there, um, uh, let's see, Dr. James Tor. He is... Uh, one of the foremost scientists in the world. He's an organic synthetic chemist. He talks about how he knows evolution is not true. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. Also have uh, just recently interviewed Denise Schick, who has a transgender uh, father. Also along these same lines, recently interviewed Patty Height, who is a former lesbian uh, who left uh, the homosexual lifestyle uh, to pursue Christ. Uh, as well as um, Dr. Christopher Yuan, who is a former uh, homosexual who uh, met Christ in prison. Uh, a- amazing story. And I uh, also have on there um, all kinds of other people that have incredible stories about how Christ has impacted their life and the lives of those they know. And uh, just amazing uh, testimonies to hear about God working in their lives. It's, it's all meant to give you hope and to let you know that God is true, the Bible is his word, and that you can bet your life on the Bible, put your build your life upon the Word of God. So, um, my guest today is Corey Peterson, uh, who has another fantastic testimony. And Corey, when we left off, you were talking about how um, your your father basically shut you and your sister out of his life. And so, I think the question for those who have um, you could say transgender or people who have embraced the homosexual lifestyle and they're trying to navigate these waters. How do I be a Christian and be loving? Because Christ told us to love all people. But at the same time, what does that mean? Does that mean at Christmas time, um, my transgender father who's dressed like a woman um, comes over and spends time with my kids? Uh, you know, what, how do you navigate these waters? Yeah, I don't think so. Um well, let me fast forward a little bit. My dad did get back into contact with me um, you know, around about, right around the time my second son was born. And we had a pretty good relationship for a few years. 
Um, and again, we never spoke about the cross-dressing thing. So I didn't even know he was transgender at the time. I just knew that cross-dressing had kind of been a thing. So I thought maybe he had moved on from it because he was coming around more and whatever. Well, then, in um, five years ago, so uh, what's that, 2012, mm-hmm. he he showed up um, at my son's birthday, and I was happy to see him dressed as a man, <laughs> and, I, um, and he lingered. And after all the kids were in bed and stuff, he had some news he wanted to tell us. And basically, the, the Veterans Administration, the VA, because he's retired Army, mm-hmm. um, had been given permission to diagnose transgender identity disorder. And so he had recently um, gained this diagnosis, and it validated him to go ahead and live his life as, as the woman he believed he he always was. So here he was sharing this with me. Finally, we're talking about it. For the so, first so time. I, Corey, I have a question. So the VA diagnosed this as a disorder, but their solution to the issue is to then allow them to try to become more like a woman, not to help them adjust to being a man or to to navigate through the uh, psychological and emotional issues of, of being a man? How, how does that work? I don't know. It looks, it, it seems to me, and I think to, to anyone in the right mind, that what's happening is they're propagating the mental illness rather than treating it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then not just propagating it, but now we're getting to the point where we're, um, quote, treating transgenderism by, you know, the mutilation and surgeries that are, mm-hmm. that are going on and the, the hormone blocking and the hormone replacement. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. So, so yeah. Well, now they don't call it transgender identity disorder. You know, they call it transgender mm-hmm. dysphoria. They don't. They don't, so, they don't. call it a disorder anymore. Right. And so, um, yeah. So he he uh, he kind of came out with it, and I basically just told him. You know, I said, well, we had a very amicable relationship for about a year after that, mm-hmm. where we were able to talk, and he would, um, you know, I would kind of see where he's going to. Or he would tell me that he wanted he needed to have vocal cord surgery, or he was going to have a rhinoplasty and his different hormone replacement and, um, oh, you know, just various things, uh, laser hair removal, <laughs> like all this kind of like crazy, laborious really stuff. Um, so he would just kind of, you know, kind of keep me in the loop and all this. So we would either text, we would talk on the phone or we would email. And then occasionally we'd see each other as long as he was dressed, you know, in jeans and a t-shirt as a man. Mm-hmm. Well, then he, he started pretty much just dressing every day as a woman. And so I asked him, I said, is this what you're doing? Cause I don't want you to, I want you to do what you're going to do mm-hmm. and not fake it around my kids, you know, and me. So, so what are you doing? Because if you're going to go full time in this, then we're going to have to cut off any visual contact. You know, let's go ahead and still talk on the phone. Let's email. You know, let's do that. So that's kind of where we went within that year. So can I ask you, Corey, can I ask you, so it's clear your decision was if he was going to choose this lifestyle, you were going to not allow him to be around your children. So somebody might be thinking, okay, but is that the loving biblical thing to do? Can you explain your thoughts on that? Why was that the decision that you and your husband came to as far as your father was concerned? Somebody might be thinking, well, wouldn't it have been more loving to allow him to be around you and their kids, regardless of how he dressed. Uh, what, what can you, can you um, expound on that? Yeah, I think you can be loving and not subject your children to things that are too confusing when they're too young. Mm. And so that's really where I was coming from. My kids were, uh, I don't know, uh, seven and eight, maybe eight, nine at the time. Um, I wasn't about to, um, to set my father dressed, you know, as a woman and he's not pulling it off well either. So, you know, it's obviously, it's obviously my dad. And so um, 
I wasn't going to have my kids witness that. It's just too confusing. I think it's disturbing at that young of an age. And honestly, as a daughter, I didn't want to see my father that way. This is my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want him to be my dad. I don't want to see him as, um, you know, something that really he's pretending to be. And so um, it wasn't really... You know, I felt like I could still be loving to my dad and still set some boundaries. Yeah, of course. And 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 really, yeah, and God does that with us all the time. I mean, um, boundaries are actually a demonstration of love frequently, uh, especially when it comes to children or so forth. We're trying to protect them um, as well as love the person. So it's tough to navigate, but sometimes you have to draw those lines and say, this is not something that is going to influence my kids. Um, right. because like you said, they're too young to be able to handle those sorts of issues. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so he starts, so we stopped, you know, like seeing each other and we, it was rare that we'd see each other anyway, but we stopped that and just continued to talk on the phone, but you know, mostly it was him doing the talking and I would just, you know, ask questions or he'd tell me about how, you know, this person is really accepting what he's doing. Isn't that great? And I would just say, I, I couldn't affirm, and so I would just say, well, it's interesting, you know, because I, I felt like if I said anything um, that he would take as negative, he would blow up. Mm. And so um, so eventually, we were one night we were texting back and forth, and he was telling me about some surgeries and procedures and consultations that he needed to have. And so I just wrote him back, and I said, you know, thank you so much for letting me know what's going on with you. I love you very much, but I am sad to see you taking this unnatural path. Mm. Well, that was it. After that, he, you know, called me, said that I was being judgmental and mm. called me a bigot and, and um, you know, have a nice life. So how, so many, back and, how many years you know, has it been since you have spoken to your father? Well, that was four years ago. He did start contacting me via text um, the following year on my birthday and Mother's Day and stuff like that. And then he stopped again until about a year later where he texted me again and told me that he was going to be having his reassignment surgery. This was two years ago. And I never responded to those texts because honestly, I just didn't even know what to say. Yeah. Um, So the last time, I mean, there's been any exchange between us, I guess then would be about three years ago, but I heard from him two years ago when he told me via text that he was going to be having a reassignment. Okay, my guest today is Corey Peterson, and we've been talking about uh, her testimony, what she's been through, and also, just most recently, uh, what her father is doing, the the sex reassignment surgery. Um, We're going to finish up. We have one more segment. We can talk a little bit more about this. Also talk about Paul McHugh from John Hopkins and his assessment of transgender surgery. We'll be right back. For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Marine, Arena across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766.
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's Word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate to efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate to efl.org. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. Love to have you check it out. There's a free trial class up there. Uh, it's good, great, great online curriculum. It's a Bible curriculum that's fantastic for uh, home groups, uh, church groups, homeschool, uh, whatever you need, or just individual study. It's fantastic. Lifetime access. And uh, once you sign up, um, your whole family has access. So it's a, a fantastic resource. My guest today is Corey Peterson. She's with Concerned Women for America, and she uh, her testimony is phenomenal, uh, the faithfulness of God in her life, and even through uh, the trials that she's going through now and, and uh, her relationship with her father. And I wanted to just start off this segment because um, a lot of people think that somehow the transgender surgery is doing people a favor, uh, but according to... Paul McHugh, who was the hospital's chief of psychiatry, John Hopkins' chief of psychiatry from 1975 to 2001, uh, he, he says that this is a, a mental problem, not a, a physical, biological problem. So whereas those who are supportive of transgender uh, surgery might say, hey, we, we got to fix this problem by adjusting the body to fit the mind, um, what he's saying is there's been a trauma in the mind that has caused this person to have this dysphoria and we have to adjust the mind to fit the body because the body is reality, but the mind is perceiving things wrong. And this is, this is really what the battle is about is that is, does our mind define reality, uh, meaning our perceptions or is reality what it is? And we have to adjust the way we think to fit reality. And the Bible talks all about this kind of an issue, that ultimately our mind, God is reality, and we have to adjust our mind to think the way God thinks, because he created all of creation. And if our mind deviates from his creation, how he's created things, then we're only going to experience pain. And I just want to make it clear that both Corey and I, um, we love people, um, but we think that the solutions that the world is proposing 
are actually hurting people, not helping them. Would you say that's right, Corey? Yes, definitely. And and your involvement with CWA, um, mm-hmm. why did you start to get involved with them and how did that uh, process take place? Because um, I love what you said. I read a little bit of your biography, how you were saying that this isn't something that you were necessarily uh, excited about. You were, a f- you were somewhat fearful, uh, but yet you took those mm-hmm. steps anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, after my abortion back in 94, I used to listen to KPRC when I was living in San Diego. Uh-huh. And Beverly LaHaye Hale- Live was a show that was on at the time. And so that's when I first was kind of introduced to CWA, but I didn't really follow. And then just about, I don't know, maybe 2008, 2009, I received a contact through my church in Borrego Springs asking if I would start a prayer action chapter, Concerned Women for America prayer action chapter at my church. And so I went ahead and started doing that. And it's just a, it was a, just a monthly meeting. I get some ladies together. We'd read through this, the Concerned Women for America newsletter, pray about stuff going on and then take action, um, whether that would be calling a legislator or doing a petition drive or whatever. So I started doing that, but I, was, but I started getting real vocal um, politically um, I'm not even really sure what the catalyst was. I don't know if it was um, the last administration. I don't know if it was homeschooling my children. I don't know if it was I, I suddenly fell in love with um, American history back in about 2007. Um, I don't know, but maybe all those things where yeah. I just started paying a lot more attention um, politically. So I started just really speaking out um, on social media and stuff like that. Well, at the me- in the meantime, I'm, I'm leading this prayer action chapter. Well, then the Southern California area director at the time, Ruth Smith, who is now the current <laughs> director again, mm-hmm. she had contacted me and said, look, I need to resign because I need to focus on some children's and music ministry. I really think this is a good fit for you. Will you take it? So I went ahead and stepped into the role of um, Southern California area director. And yes, it was very, very scary for me. Um, what was the scariest? Like what, yeah. What was the scariest part about that? The, the hardest thing for me are things like this, like radio interviews or um, speaking. Um, so are you really, really are you really nervous right now or are you are you more comfortable? OK, well, an hour before you called me, I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so that's, but, that's, that's good for our so listeners I, to I'm hear the behind the scenes. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I was like, I'm quite at ease right now that you're making it easy. So thank you. Oh, good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think the hardest thing I had to do, it, my note is it's, um, I really believe, I used to have, I used to think that when someone asked me to speak, I need to pray about it or whatever. And I think sometimes you do. Sure. But when it's your testimony, this is just my conviction. I'm not saying this is for everybody, I guess. But mm-hmm. my conviction is when someone asks me about my testimony, I need to speak it. And, and it's revelation that just comes to my head all the time where it says, um, they overcame the devil by the, the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony, and not loving their lives to death. And for me, the not loving their <laughs> lives to death is the fear. <laughs> because <laughs> because so coming on the radio is close to dying, right? They, they they say that that people fear public speaking more than they do dying. So there you go. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's great. Well, I want to speak. Somebody wanted me to share my testimony at a hospital board meeting down at El Centro because they opened up a Planned Parenthood there two years ago, uh, and we were fighting uh, fighting that as its own story. But um, oh my gosh, it was terrifying. But as soon as they asked me, I knew I had to say yes. So I went and I was like, you know what, Lord? If I if I shake and I look like a fool, then I shake and I look like a fool. I'll just write my words <laughs> down and and read them if I have to. But I want to speak your truth here, you know. 
And so, um, yeah, so that's really what's kind of been out of my comfort zone. But you know what the cool thing is, is like God uses that. Mm -hmm. He uses us because it causes us to trust in him. It causes us to not put so much faith in how we look, you know, at least for me. You know, I'm so worried sometimes about how people are going to perceive me. Am I going to embarrass myself or whatever? And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, you know, Moses said that he couldn't speak and God said he would speak for him. And that's kind of what I've clung to is, you know, if I look like a fool with a, it's Esther, if I perish, I perish, you know, yeah. let me just do what I need to do. I'd rather be obedient than comfortable. I love and it. So that's, that's really kind of um, the big thing I've learned in the last couple of years working with Concerned Women for America. And that, um, that's such a powerful message because if there was ever time we needed more and more people to you know, decide to have that courage, decide, Hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. And like you said, whether I perish, I perish. And the reality is, is that we're not in a country where usually we typically have to worry about perishing. Uh, we, we might, right. we might face some, uh, persecution, emotional, and, uh, even potentially physical, but, but, uh, by and large, we still are a country that embraces religious freedom and embraces Christianity to a large extent. But if people don't stand up, uh, like you're doing, then that could uh, pass by the the wayside, and we could end up uh, being in a country that's even you know far more hostile than it currently is. Truly, yes, yeah. And um, you know what the, the what you were saying that that struck me. Um, I always love that that quote by Edmund Burke: uh, "All that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing." And uh, yes. and yes. so here you are. If people want to get involved with Concerned Women for America, what's the best way for them to do that? And does Concerned Women for America need more pe- more volunteers, or are they pretty much, uh, you know, got got what they need? Absolutely, we always need people. Um, we what we really need are prayer action leaders. So, mm. like that's how I got involved. Started a little group and um, to pray and take action. And then, you know, we we have steering committee needs in the state of California as well. So, the best thing to do is um, to go to concernedwomen.org or cwfa.org. Or um, specifically in the state of California, going to that ca.cwfa.org website mm-hmm. and um, and signing up there. Sign up for the e-alerts, um, become a member. It's a $25 donation to become a member. And um, and then, you know, all the re- you get the resources from CWA and kind of see what they're what That's they're right. up to. Because besides the, besides the prayer action chapters, which is our grassroots, um, you know, they have a strong national presence and mm. stuff. I'm actually heading to D.C. on Tuesday next week to, for our leadership training. And uh, we have a policy briefing in the White House wow. on Thursday next week. Yeah, so it's kind of exciting. That um, is very exciting. We are. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Corey. I, I we are just about out of time here. So mm-hmm. um, please uh, support Corey, support CWA. And uh, we'll be praying for you, Corey. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much. God bless you. Absolutely. I I hope you guys join me next week, those of you who are listening, um, every Saturday, 2 to 3, also on YouTube and podcast. I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. Uh, Stay close to the Lord uh, and uh, keep reading your Bible. God bless you. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com.